You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker, Dylan McNeely. For more information about other LifePoint Church resources, please visit www.livethemessage.org. Good morning, church. So glad you are here, that you chose to come to church this morning. It's a brisk fall morning. You'd wake up and say, I'm going to church. So glad you chose to do that. We got a treat this morning. Um, started praying about having our speaker this morning, Dylan McNeely, with us. And uh, I was just thoroughly convinced that God had brought him to our church just for this moment to speak into our church. Um, as God's been moving amongst our kids, we had 60 kids downstairs last week. God's moving, obviously, on the college campus through Chi Alpha, but kind of the, the elephant in the room in our church over the last several years has been the fact that we haven't been reaching youth, right? Everyone thinks it, they're like, hey, there's no youth in our church, specifically middle schoolers and high schoolers. Wait a second, we're missing a huge uh, pocket of the next generation that we're, we're just not reaching. And so God's been stirring on our hearts, the elders and the trustees, 2018, we are launching a youth ministry, and we're going to go for it. Uh, we have some amazing fifth graders downstairs that are getting ready for middle school, and we're going to, as a church, come alongside them and, uh, and be their biggest fans as they enter the scary world of middle school. Amen? Middle school is scary. Um, but on top of that, God's going to continue to draw in other middle schoolers and high schoolers, and we're going to minister to them, and God's going to move amongst our youth. And so this morning, we have the privilege of having Dylan McNeely with us. He spent the weekend speaking to over 1,000 youth down in Des Moines. And uh, he is a young adult pastor down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Let's all just go back home with him, right? But in light of that, we are going to have to give him a really warm welcome since he's from Florida. This morning, it was just like we were thawing him out in the car, him and his friend, uh, Diego, his traveling companion. So will you guys give Dylan McNeely a warm LifePoint welcome? Come on, make some noise for Jesus in this place. Do you love Jesus? Can you get a little louder for Jesus? Can we act like he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the rock of our salvation, the reason we are here? Can we get crazy excited for Jesus? Before any word is given, I believe that we have a mandate and a duty to pour out our praises on the one who first gave us the ability to praise. I believe before you can hear any sermon that should be brought to you or anything I can enlighten you with, I, must, I think you and I must first be open and available to just praise the one who made this all possible. Because I believe there's a deficiency in our community and in our world that we forgot the, the ability to praise things. We think that it's all about instant gratification. Me, 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 me. Whereas if there was no him, it would not be a me, me, me. So in the end, I believe that we must all point it back to the one who began it all. To the one who sits on the throne, be blessing and honor and glory and power forever. So can we do it one more time? Just one more. Give praise for Jesus in this place. There it is. Amen. Somebody must have gave him some Red Bull this morning or something. They spiked his coffee with Red Bull. Well, I'm so excited to be here with, the, be here with you guys this morning. Um, it is a privilege of mine to be here. I've got to uh, spend time with your pastor in the car on the way up, and I can tell you, you guys are blessed. How many know you're blessed by your pastor? 
He's a visionary. If you don't know what a visionary is, he is one. And uh, me and my, uh, my, my friend uh, Diego, who travels with me, who's traveling with me, we were driving in the car, and he would just mention you guys' names, and he'd be like, oh, she's an, enge- she's an engineer. He's an engineer. She's an engineer. He's an engineer. It got to a point where me and Diego just looked like, are we supposed to be at this church? I don't know. I don't feel like. And then we walk in the door. And we're, we're greeted by all these smiling faces, and they're just, hi, I'm a software engineer. <laughs> hi, I'm, I'm such and such engineer. <laughs> Good to see you, too. And then this one guy, we were super excited to see him. be like, please, you're an engineer, too. He's like, no, I'm agriculture, whatever, whatever. I was like, <laughs> sweet. I said, I like to say I am privileged to be amongst people who, who value intelligence and value using the God-given mind, because that is something that is honestly going downwards. We become a a country and a world that lives by what we see, not by who we are. Did you catch that? We live by who we see and what we see. What we see that, 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 that guides and protects us rather than understand that we don't need to follow the wave because our God is a typhoon. Our God breaks up the foundations of hell and shakes them and shakes free. Ooh, I feel like this is already a Southern Types Church, Pastor Drew. You I don't even got a buffer. Them, they're already come on. And so let's just get to the word then. How many of you guys brought a Bible this morning? Do you love Jesus? Did you bring your Bible? How many of you brought a smartphone this morning? All the young folks, holla. <laughs> Unlimited data. Well, if you have a smartphone and you don't have a Bible, um, feel free to download this free Bible app named YouVersion, Y-O-U version, like version one, version two. You can have many translations of the Bible right at your fingertips, and it's free. And there's so many devotionals you can take part in as well. So um, when you're in class or when you're rushing to class in the morning or when you're rushing to work in the morning, you can put the YouVersion Bible app on, and it can play scriptures for you. So you can just practice your scriptures without even, you know, having to spend time reading it. You can just hear it. Um, so... Quick, download that, 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 that app, and come on, you can't fight God without, I mean, you can't fight Satan without your sword at all times, so keep the word of God always with you. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 7, verses 36 through 50. Luke 7, verses 36 through 50. I want to thank the Iowa weather for greeting us properly. Luke 7, verses 36 to 50. If you're, here, say, if you're there, say, I'm there. If you need a second, say, give me one. Wow, see, this is the smart church. They're already there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, I'm there. I got it. <laughs> got it. If you're not there, feel free to read along with the person next to you. It reads as such, and I'm reading in the English Standard Version. It's a different translation maybe than some of you, but it means the same thing. It's the same God that reigns supreme over it all. But it says, one of the Pharisees asked him, eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, 
If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answers, answered saying, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender money had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she's wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For love, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Mm. Come on, let's just pause for a second. Aren't we grateful that our sins, though they are many here, our God forgives us? He's still for us. He never left us. He never forsake us. He still calls you sons and daughters, heirs to the throne. Come on. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Come on, isn't that a word of God if you haven't heard one? If you're taking notes this morning, the title of this sermon is, Who Am I? Who am I? Come on, let's pray and ask God to intercede with us as we begin this, this portion of the service. Father God, right now we thank you for everything that you've already begun. We thank you that you've already set our table up. Father God, I thank you that I have the privilege of coming to hang with this amazing, brilliant people. Father God, I pray that you, you give me something to give to them. And Father God, I pray that you give me something that's for me at the same time. May you go before me, speak through me, and be here long, long after I'm gone. Come on, let's say the prayer we were taught from birth. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, but forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thou is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, can we make one more noise for Jesus one more second, please? One more noise for Jesus in this place. Amen. Amen. Anybody in here familiar with this lady um, by the name of Medea? Anybody ever heard who Medea is? It always gets that, that response. Everybody, <laughs> I know her, brother. I know her. You staying out with her. But um, my mom was like an extension of Medea. Now, if you don't know who Medea is, I'll tell you who Medea is. Medea is, is like this, this super eccentric grandmother who's just like, let's just say she carries her Bible and a pistol in the same purse. And, you know, she's ready for whatever might come. And, you know, that's kind of who my mom 
who my mom is. We, we in the South call our moms like big mamas because they're not just your mom. They're the mom of the entire neighborhood. They have a no closed door policy, meaning anybody with an issue, any young mom with an issue, they're able to just go to the house and just talk about their issues. And usually big mama knows the answer. In my neighborhood, big mamas, they play the role of accountant, lawyer, counselor, babysitter. You know, they are just all encompassing. They put on many hats. Now, one thing with having a big mom is big moms take hold to the verse that says, you know, don't, you know, you know, they love the rod, if you know what I mean. You know, you know let's just say they could bat a pretty high batting average if they're in the major leagues. You know, they, they, you know, they, they take care of their kids when their kids don't act properly. I'm trying to be good up here, Pastor Drew. Don't want you to lose any people because of me. Cause. But that's, that's just who they are. And um, uh, growing up, I was a kid that desired attention. I, I needed attention because I felt self-conscious on the inside. Self-consciously, I felt like I didn't match up to everyone around me, so I felt like I had to overcompensate. Hence why when I rocked in the room and there was all engineers, I said, we need to go home now. <laughs> but I, I struggled with that growing up. And so I had this English class in the fifth grade, and, um, and my teacher, she was this little bitty lady, and she, you know, little people have this fire about them. Like, they just are fiery creatures. Like, they just, you know, it's like they wake up and they're looking for a fight. Like, short people are just, you know, unique, you know. So, so this teacher, I always felt like she had it out for me. I always felt this in my heart of hearts. I felt like since I was the kid who always wanted the attention, she was like, you want attention? I'm going to give you the right attention. Go sit in the corner as soon as you walk in the classroom. I didn't like it. So one day I'm in this English class and all of a sudden, you know, in English, in, in fifth grade, you have transitions. And so they transition, they send some of the students to your classroom and they send some of the students to the other classroom because there's two English classes happening at one time. I got transitioned into the cool people class. Uh, this was my moment, people. This was my moment to finally arrive as a cool kid. So I decided that whatever I had to do to get attention at this point, I was going to do it. So I'm just saying things, throwing things from the back of the classroom, making weird noises, ah, you know, just being weird, <laughs> just doing all these weird things. And then um, she does like she always does, Dylan. She didn't even say corner to me. She just points. She knew I knew. Like, it got to the point that soon she said Dylan, I just walked. It was like, well, let's just let's go to the corner. You know, that's just where I was. But I wasn't done this time. I was convinced that this was going to be the day that I became a popular kid. So she put me in the corner, and she said, Dylan, turn around. I may or may not have said a few things that a fifth grader shouldn't say to their elders. We won't relapse and go back over and rehearse those things. But I said a few things. You ever say something that while you're saying it, you know that you're writing a check that the other part of you can't cash. <laughs> like, I'm saying this and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to catch all of the words that I'm saying. Because I know as soon as I get home, remember, you know, so I get home and, 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 and I, have, I had already planned what I was going to do when I got home. So I get home, and I, and I get home to my mom, and I see her, and I'm like, Mama, ooh, you know, I, 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 you know, I baby up. I'm like, ooh, Mama, you look so good today. Oh, my goodness. What is that outfit? She's like, this is a nightgown, Dylan. That's the best nightgown you have. <laughs> my gosh. Where'd you get your hair done? It's nappy. Ooh, that's the new look. Nap is in. You know nap is in. 
I'm just babying up. You know, I'm like, look, lay down. I'll massage your feet. I'll go and make dinner for us. Don't worry about it because I'm the oldest in, in my community and how I grew up. You know, the oldest normally helped the mom out. They knew how to cook. I knew how to cook when I was like 11, just taught me all these things. So I'm like, I'll cook. Don't worry. Relax. It's fine. I got you. We are family, you know. <laughs> so I go to cook. And my mom has this friend. Now, her name was Tanya. I don't know why it's like that. When I heard your name, I was like, ooh. You might want to sit at the back of the room today. But her name is Tanya. And I was convinced, honestly, that Tanya, and this might rub some of you the same, the wrong way, but I was convinced, I was young, that Tanya was Satan's cousin. I was convinced this. Because anytime she came to the house, me or my brothers got in trouble. It got so bad that to the point where she would knock on the door, and we would say, who is it? And she would say, it's Tanya. We would instantly start crying. I'm not joking. We already knew what was coming. We would knock, doom, doom, doom. Who is it, Tanya? Uh. We just knew what was coming. So Tanya comes over, and my teacher finally calls my mom. And my mom yells for me to come. And I come like any great son would. You know, you take that slow walk like it's the last walk of your life. Come on, don't act like you haven't. Everybody's acting so stiff right now. You've been through this. I am not the only one in this place. They're like, when is the word coming? I need to be hit right now. I had a tough week, Dylan. I need to know some stuff. But like you walk to your mom, you know, you're walking and slow walking. You know, I'm from the South, so we say yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. So I say, ma'am, you know, you do the puppy eyes up, ma'am. And she says, you know what you did. I know what you did. Don't come out your room. In my neighborhood, like that, punishments like that, that is a blessing. I was like, well, glory to God. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to go to my room. But as I'm walking away, Tanya makes this one sound that every child hates. Ooh, you must know it. Somebody over here grew up in my community. I don't know who it is. She makes that sound that you know at that point, this is no longer a victory walk. You're now walking to return back around. She just says, uh. At that point, I pause. <laughs> oh. And she commences to say, Mm, if that was my child, Ontario, he would never act like that in school because he knows when he get home, it's going to be over for him. He wouldn't be able to walk the next day. He would need padding for his butt the next day. If that was my child, he would know better. I'm like, why are you not home with Ontario right now? You're in my house ruining my life. Go. You know, long story short, uh, I couldn't sit down straight for a while after that. But, but, but I just I say that story because my mom in her natural mind state, she was willing to give me grace. And she was willing to send me to my room. But when she was, she, she encountered some, some, some pushback from people outside of the home, she instantly changed her mind state. Aren't you grateful that Jesus doesn't care what people say about you or who they say you are? He just knows you by name. He doesn't categorize you by your sins. He categorizes you by the one who forgives you of your sins. He doesn't call you a child of sin. He calls you a child of God. Aren't you grateful that we serve a king that sees us through all of our trials and tribulations and he doesn't stop at just forgiving us. He starts and stops and continues with walking with us through this thing called life. 
Ooh, I right, well, you're gonna have to make some noise. I'm from the South. We're gonna have to, I'm a holler back preacher. I'm a holler back preacher. This can't be a prayer service. Y'all like, honestly, I just wanna play oceans and just go into my prayer closet and just spirit lead me is my favorite part that hits. No, not this morning. Not this morning. But, there, but, but, but this story, it intrigues me. Because if I was in Jesus' place, thank God I'm not, if I was in Jesus' place, I would have took this moment and said, I am sitting around a table with Pharisees. These are high-standing men in the community. If I could change the hearts of these men in this right now at this table, I could possibly change the trajectory of some people's lives who are going on a one-way trip to hell. But Jesus was so enamored by this woman at his feet. He was so enamored by her that he couldn't even pay attention to them. You see, I believe he was enamored by this woman for two reasons, and, and not these two reasons alone, but I think these were the two uh, primary reasons. He was, he was enamored by this woman because, one, she wasn't afraid to come to him in public for forgiveness. She wasn't afraid to. You see, we too many times hide our, hide our scars in public in hopes to put on a great Christian face rather than understanding that the world doesn't need a great Christian faith. They need a great real faith. They don't need another Christian that is paper mache, fake. They don't need another Christian that's going to go out there and tell them how God is so for them, but not tell them that this story, it doesn't end at God is so for them. It says God is also walking with them through the valleys of the shadows of death. He was, she, he was, she wasn't afraid to come to him in public for forgiveness. You see, that person who you've been trying to win to Jesus, the one thing they need to see is how Jesus won you to him. Too often we become a community that turns to, to, wants to flash the Bible at people and tell people to turn to burn, but why would I turn to burn if you are already commending me to hell? You see, she wasn't afraid to come to him for forgiveness in public. She was willing to share her wounds in public. She's willing to risk it all in public. She knew she had nothing else to lose. What if we were a people group that knew we had nothing else to lose but everything to gain? What if we lived a life like that? I don't care what they're going to say about me. I may be weak, but your spirit is strong in me. My flesh may fail, but my God, you never will. I am important to you. So therefore, since I'm important to you, I'm going to come to you even when it hurts. Even when the people around me may say, mm, look at her going to the altar. We know what she did last Sunday. Yes, we know what she did last Friday. Yes, you might know what I did, but do you see what I'm doing now? Do you see me now? She wasn't afraid to go to him for forgiveness in public. The second thing was she wasn't afraid to show her affection for God in public. You know, I love those people. Pastor, Pastor Drew, this is my favorite people. I love those people that live in their prayer closet. My favorite. I love they're the best. I, I, I travel places, and, and, you know, I talk about being unashamed, Romans 1, 16, unashamed of the gospel, living it out and walking it through. And, and then I'll, I'll always encounter that one person every time, everywhere I go, that one person that says something like this. Um, Pastor Dylan, can I call you Pastor? Can I just call you D? Um, you know, I... I See, I don't find myself, you know, I'm introverted, so like, it's kind of hard for me to, 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 to be 
you know, boisterous about Jesus in public. You know, I love my prayer closet. You know, I go in my prayer closet. I put on my hymns. I put on Bill Gaither, and I just say, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. You know, and I just, I just come in peace, and sometimes I, I switch it up, and I put on some Bethel, and, you know, they're always spontaneous, Dylan, and I just, in those spontaneous moments, I just find his spirit, and that is where I rehearse best Jesus. I just love living with Jesus in my prayer closet. I love it. You know, and my response to them is always, that's good. That's good. Hey, it's good that you have a place to seclude yourself. Jesus secluded himself. When they were on the Mount of Olivet, he told the disciples to stay down here and pray that you don't fall into sin. And he went up and secluded himself to pray to God. Seclusion is a good thing. It's good. It's good that you like being in private with God. But correct me if I'm wrong. Did God send his only begotten son to die for you in a private place? Did he send his only begotten son to die for you in a prayer closet? So just as loud as you get about your raises, just as loud as we get about our relationships, just as loud as we get about the good grades that our kids are making, just as loud as we get about everything else that is going on in the tangible world in our life, may we become Romans 1.16 more unashamed of the gospel, just as David did when he was walking through the streets and Mikhail tried to throw hate at him. He said, you think I'm going crazy. I can become even more undignified than this. Just as he is, could we become a people group that won't stand in the norm and just say we practice God when people ask us who God is, but rather when we walk into the room, they know that the spirit of the Lord is there. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Would there be a people? Would there be a people that would be so on fire for God that they would not be willing to hide him? See, there's three people present in this story. You see, the first person is the Pharisee. Who are you, the Pharisee? Because if you are, get off your high horse. Because there was only one perfect being, and people like you decide that he wasn't perfect enough. Because of where he came from, you decide that it couldn't be him. Because he didn't follow our religious rules, we decide that surely you can't be him. You don't heal people on the Sabbath. Pause. Of course, most of us are going to say, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not a Pharisee. You know, I live under the Lord. You know, I love, I come to sermons just so I can be, be humbled. You know, I just humble. Hurt me, hurt me, whip, whip. I need it, I need it. I need it. I am humble before the Lord. It's how I live my life. But what if I, I'm gonna, I want to tell you what a New Age Pharisee looks like. Can I tell you that? A New Age Pharisee is someone who rather judge you before they help you. A new age Pharisee is someone who rather say, well, I'm not giving that homeless person this because that homeless person is only going to buy drugs with this. Rather than understanding that God didn't ask you to justify why you're not giving, he just said love. A, 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 a new age Pharisee is someone who rather look at someone and, and instantly disqualify them for what God has already qualified them for. You rather cast someone out instead of understanding that God lived to cast us in. That's what a new age Pharisee looks like. You rather judge before help. How do I know this? There was a, a man on side the corner in the Bible. There's a man on side the road, and, 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 and a certain men walked by him. And guess who was one of those men? The Pharisee. He was like, nope. He 
You see, we see the hurting in our community around us, and we say, nope, they do bad stuff over there. Son, don't look. Nope, that's the bad side of town. We don't talk to them. Nope. Here's a hard one. I might, you might lose some people if I say this one. I'm sorry. They voted a certain way. We don't talk to them. That's what a New Age Pharisee is. You categorize your love based on your preference for who you are. New Age Pharisee also, and I'm going to kind of tighten this thing up. A New Age Pharisee, their, 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 their native tongue is gossip. They love gossip. Woo. That's like nectar to them. Love it. Don't believe me? In this story alone, they weren't talking to, to Jesus when they were saying that they were gossiping. Who does he think he is healing people? I heard he did it before on the Sabbath, too. Who does, translation to today, who does pastor think he is trying to revitalize and, and make this church all new and stuff? You know we only like the old ways. Who does she think she is trying to worship God in church when soon as she go out these doors, I heard her family is a mess. Who does she, Pharisee. Third thing, a Pharisee thinks they're above sin. They think that they've never sinned in their lives and they've always walked this straight and narrow path while forgetting that the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All they remember is all the great times and all the times that they saw many revivals because they sparked a revival. They never remember those times when God pulled them out of something. In order for you to better impact where you're going, you must know what you've been through. You must know what you've been through. Are you the Pharisee? Secondly, are you the sinful lady? Are you the sinful lady? Because if you are, is that up here? Is that? Oh, because I was like, like, I was like, that's aggressive. They just turn on the music for you here. Say, Diego, we might have can't come. But the second person is, are you the sinful lady? If you are, I applaud you. I applaud you for being willing to show your wounds in public and ask for forgiveness in public. I applaud you. I applaud you for understanding that you are a sinner humbled to be forgiven by Jesus. Now get up. Now get up. You see, we too often stay down for sins that we've already been forgiven for. We go to God saying, God, forgive me for this. God, forgive me for this. He said, I forgive you for it. You just haven't walked in your freedom yet. You're too busy rehearsing, repenting, 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 rather than realizing I've already called you to freedom because what I did on the cross, you don't have to repent continuously. All you got to do is repent with your heart, not just with your mind and walk in the freedom and knowing that I've set you free. You see, you got to get up. See, because God can use you. There's a story in the Bible by the, by, of a guy by the name of David. David was a great man in the Bible, great man. You probably know him. People in the secular world and Christian world know him alike, mostly for the story of David and Goliath, but he did greater works. David had a slip-up. He didn't go to war. When, when, when most of the kings went to war, he decided to stay home. He went out to his window after a nap, and he saw this woman named Bathsheba who wasn't his wife, and he wanted her. He brought her up, and he committed immoral acts with her. And long story short, one of his friends, one of his people who was close to him, called him out on it. And David had fallen into repentance. 
So he's in his bed, and he's in his room. None of his people could get to him. He couldn't eat. He wouldn't do nothing. And then God told him what his consequence was. Thank God that he doesn't do that anymore because our consequence was only Jesus. Mm. But anyway, you know, he, he, he told him this, and, and once the consequence had, had happened, David did something unique. After walling and ripping his clothes, David jumped up and got outside the room and went to the table and ate. His servants were like, what? We've been trying to feed this man for forever, but he all of a sudden is up. You see, David understood what repentance actually meant. You got to get up. There's a third person in this story. Now, the third person is um, not Jesus, because none of us are able to be Jesus. The Bible says in John 6, 2, that wherever Jesus went, thousands of people followed him. So the third person in this story is, are you the spectator? You see, there had to have been some people that watched this woman sneak into that house. There had to have been somebody with a need sitting and watching Jesus go into this house with Pharisees, and they're just sitting outside with their need like, ooh. I really need Jesus to heal me right now. I really need this financial blessing right now. And they're watching this sinful lady sneak into this room, and still they were just content with saying, ooh, I really need Jesus to heal me right now, but I'm just okay with being close enough to him. I'm just okay with just being here. See, we've adapt- adapted that mentality. We've said, ooh, I really need Jesus closer, but hey, I'm okay with being right here because you see, I know I'm just a sinner. My life is like a bad episode of the first 48. I know it's just, I'm bad. I know, Jesus, I'm just okay. With, I'm just okay. Just, just enough. Just long, don't take what I have. That's the mindset we have. Don't take what I have. I'm, I'm good. I'm grateful. I'm good. Rather than understanding that his, his word says that he doesn't want to just bless you, but he wants to bless you in abundance. That means an overpour. You see, don't be comfortable with just sitting on the sideline watching people reap the benefits of great leaps of faith and wondering why it isn't happening to you and turning into a Pharisee, judging them for leaping the faith. Rather, why don't you get in the game? Because this is an all-inclusive sport where we need every hand on deck, every talent in the game. We need every soul that can move, every hand that can work until all know, until we can reach every next that walks through that door. You can no longer be a spectator. We need your gift things. You see, there were some spectators in this. They were spectating. They just were comfortable with just coming to Jesus. Like some of us are just comfortable with just coming to church. But we're not looking for a genuine encounter with church, with God. Who are you in this story? Because he can use you. If you're the Pharisee, there's a guy by the name of Nicodemus. God used him. In fact, he was one of the last people to see Jesus' body before it went into the tomb. If you're the sinful lady, there's a lady by the name of of Rahab. Rahab was a promiscuous woman, but God used her. You see, when the walls of Jericho fell and all the city fell, guess what what was the only house that was kept? Rahab's. And out of Rahab's line, guess who came out of Rahab's line? You see, God can use a spectator. There was a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was a little guy. Zacchaeus had heard that Jesus was coming into the town, and no one would help Zacchaeus because in those times, just like today, nobody liked tax collectors. If you're a tax collector, I love you. (laughs) Don't audit me. But Zacchaeus decided, I'm going to climb up in this tree. 
Long story short, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to eat at your house. And Zacchaeus invited all of his friends over. Long story short, shorter, Zacchaeus' his family all got saved in that moment. God can use you. But you have to be honest with where you are. If you're a Pharisee, don't be afraid. We need your giftings. But you have to be honest with that you have Pharisee tendencies. See, my mom is a counselor. My mother-in-law is a counselor. And she tells me one of the worst problems in America is people aren't willing to admit that they have flaws. We all want to be the sinful lady rather than realizing all of us don't have the sinful lady tendencies. And I'm closing up. But who are you in this story? Who are you? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I have a question for you. You see, we here at, at, at this church, we have a moniker. That, that I just learned this morning, and if we can have the lights turned down a little bit, please. We have a moniker that is the next. Reach the next. Think about the next person, not just you, the next. How are you impacting the next one to come in here? See, God can use us. He can use us. There is going to be a next person that comes through those doors that only you can uniquely connect with. But you have to be honest with where you are. You have to be honest with where you are. So if you're in here and you've had Pharisees tendencies, give it to God and he'll use you like he used Nicodemus. If you're in here and you've been down for so long like the sinful lady, give it to God and he'll use you like he used Rahab. If you're in here, you've been a spectator to this thing called the Christian walk for far too long. Give it to God, and he'll use you like he used the kids. But again, you have to be honest with yourself. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to stand up and worship. And as we're worshiping, I want you to genuinely give who you are up to God. Just give it up in this life we can't play church anymore the times are getting too strange people we got to really be the church as we were created to be in the first place and before we can be the church we must know what identity we stand in in the church so father god right now i come to you saying have your way father god i pray for that person in here who is struggling right now they struggle with through the whole message god because they've been wrestling, God. They're trying to figure out what is it. Father God, I pray that you bring peace on their heart and you give them a full vision of who they are and who you call them to be. Jesus, protect and guide them and keep them. Father God, you set captives free. Will you set us free and use us? Father God, as we are willing to admit our identity, would you use it for the greater good right now? So whenever the next comes, we're able to encounter the next enlighten the next and give them the opportunity to be able to incline the next after them Jesus protect us as we go and keep us in your holy name amen can we stand and worship we hope you enjoyed this week's sermon for more information about Life Point Church please visit www.livethemessage.org.